once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Now on our podcast, we interview musicians and other industry professionals to give you an inside look on how to take your music to the next level. Hello and welcome to another edition of the C-Squared podcast. This is your host, Curtis, with my co-host, Gaia, and we are here today with two members of the band, Arsenic Addiction, Ripper and Lady A. And first of all, just want to say thank you guys both for being here. Thanks for having us. You're very welcome. So the very first thing we're going to do is we're going to start off with a little mini intro, the kind of nutshell version of who you are, what you do. So if you guys want to kind of go over that either as a band or as individuals or both, feel free. Well, we are Arsenic Addiction. Uh, We are a gothic metal band from Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, my name is Lady Arsenic, and I do vocals and keys. Um, I'm Ripper. I play guitar and constant sarcasm, usually. So. I love it. I love <laughs> it. What, what about the band background, then, just a teeny, teeny little nutshell version of that? All right. Well, the, the nutshell version is we've been around since 2006. Uh, James and I are actually the founders of the band. Nice. And um, we've kind of gone through... A huge evolution ever since then like we used to be we used to call ourselves like vaudeville metal a victorian metal because we had like a whole victorian stage show and it was all oh. about like victorian funeral rites etc kind of where like arsenic addiction comes from um but as we evolved and our style and our sound changed the name stuck but everything else is kind of more past tense now <laughs> so you, you kind of did like a an image shift then at one point Yes. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Awesome. So, uh, Gaia, you get first question. You get the next question. Um, I have a question about the switch. Was it something that was planned? Did you like think about like where you wanted to take the Ben image, or was it just like it just happened? A little bit of both. So, as we um, changed out members and began to evolve, um, one thing we noticed is we kind of did our band career backwards in the sense of like we were touring 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 playing like all the shows we could in our local area and all around the midwest and we would go into the studio and record an album like in a weekend which is not a very long time for a whole album and as we started to change out members our focus changed from kind of touring and the stage show to the music itself and we wanted to finally put out like the album we always wanted. So we took five years to record our last album. And just kind of within that five years, we decided that instead of focusing so hard on a stage show with characters, we wanted to present a more authentic version of who we are as people and kind of what our music is about. And so that's kind of how it was both conscious, but also a natural shift in our growth. That's amazing. I have to say it before Curtis says anything, but I love the background. so cool it's like super gothic i love it <laughs> thank you <laughs> M- moving right along from the background though um because yeah okay so you guys put out the album in 2019 but then you guys didn't really seem to do any promo for it because okay so the main theme of the podcast like i said is industry type stuff so moving right into that uh did you guys do any promo on the 2019 album well we we had started kind of talking to different PR groups about it. Um, 
and we unfortunately had released it before we had like really did promo for it or had settled on one so unfortunately we kind of did that backwards as well we're trying to get it out there and like just trying to figure out how to promote an album properly you know because you get you get approached by so many pr groups Uh a lot of them are bullshit you know and um it's really hard to find the people that are good people that are going to do a good job for you and it took us a minute to find one and i think we found one yeah it's been real like trial and error as far as like our journey has gone for like um pr because with this album it took us five years and even in those five years how you release an album has drastically changed where i feel like before growing up an album coming out was like an event like you know you went down to like FYE or whatever like CD record store and you picked it up that way and you didn't actually get to hear anything but like the major single or music video um, until the full album was released and now I feel like it's totally different which I wish I had known that before we released XIX that um, once again we're kind of doing it backwards where we're releasing music videos for different songs on the album almost as singles and I think we should have done that before we released the actual album um yeah because people instead of releasing a whole album people are now um that i've noticed the larger bands are releasing actually like five or six songs off the album before they drop the whole thing yeah so okay so backing it up just a little bit um so you were gonna you put the album out you didn't do any pr for it and then a year or two later is when you guys decided to drop the videos to do the push. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. The, the pandemic is what really kind of pushed us back here from being able to get out and start recording. Yeah. yeah. And then concept wise to gathering the money up to do music videos and try to do them justice. So it just took a minute to get the concepts together, get the fundage together. And then also. And the pandemic. So we, we, we dropped 2019 and then of course immediately 2020 hit yeah and there was just no touring that album uh we all went into quarantine and that was new for us we had no idea like what we were gonna do um until we're like hey well we can probably get together once the pandemic winds down a bit and do music videos as long as you know we social distance and we're outside and we're all wearing masks when we're not on camera like um so the first music video we did was fire for that very reason because we could be out in the salt flats where hardly anybody was and do it in a pandemic safe way (laughs) fair so okay so when you guys let me just make sure I'm, I'm phrasing this correctly here. So when you guys dis- decided to start doing the videos and stuff like that, um, did you guys do like, did John do a push for the album too or no? No, we hadn't, we hadn't actually started working with John yet. Um, I got John's um, contact through a friend here, uh, another musician here in Utah. Okay. Um, he, he plays for the band Helium Prime. And oh, yeah. uh, I, uh, I was liking that they were kind of getting promoted the way that we wanted to. And we had reached out to two or three other promotional companies and it just went nowhere. Well, or it wasn't financially feasible. Yeah. It was, they wanted like 
two or three grand a month and we're a very small independent band and so that's a house payment you know <laughs> yeah so we couldn't afford we couldn't afford that and so we we reached out for john for the first music videos and uh yeah he that's when we started working with him was for beginning of for the music fire videos. yeah okay so but it's only been the video push nothing to do with the album so far right yeah nope just just the video push um he kind of said and we kind of agree that um since it was like 2019 when the album dropped that like normally you don't promote it after the fact especially so many years so he's like let's focus on the videos let's really push them out um he actually for molly feacham got metal injection to premiere it which was like way cool and it actually like boosted a lot of traffic our way because it was like a huge well-known publication i think that was Corey that did the premiere of that if i'm not mistaken my uh our co-founder um oh awesome I could be wrong. I think I think it was Corey at least, but maybe not. Um, but anyway, so with the videos, how how did you guys kind of utilize that in order to drive sales? If you did, uh, I think we just generated. We used it to help promote all of our social medias, our YouTube, and then try to get um, get more traction in our digital sales. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we just tried to get it to grab it to catch people's attention and help them gravitate more towards our music with that imagery we tried to put out. Yeah, oh. I, it, it draws people in because obviously like our YouTube videos are monetized. So it helps introduce the song. And then the more plays we get, obviously it's only like fractions of a penny, but they do add up. Um, and it helps push like our band camp and I, I personally feel like the music videos out of everything so far have been the biggest bang for our buck because yeah. not only do we permanently have this thing online that people can go back and revisit over and over uh, as opposed to a live show, it, um, it helps introduce who we are and our people across the world connect with us more. So we actually have been sending albums since those videos have dropped to like Belgium and Australia and like Canada and like so that was pretty rad um shipping out of the country is ridiculous but it's still way like, cool <laughs> yeah kind of crazy so guy did you have any follow-up questions before then the next one well I, I do have a question but it's a little bit like backing up um because you guys said that like you had like uh, a lot of um PR people like contacting you and I was curious to know like what made you pick the person that you pick? Is it also like, I know someone like refer it to refer John to, to you, but I was wondering what was the thing that we click and what tips would you give to someone that's trying to, to find a good PR person for them? I mean, it's different for everybody in their situation. I think, I think for us, one, it was reference of someone that mm -hmm. we know that was like, I love this person. So like a good reference and kind of good personal review um mm -hmm. talking to someone who's actually worked with them helps immensely and i think that was kind of number one i think two is at the end of the day people just wanted to be treated well so it's nice to just be told like I, i'm very direct so i like being told hey i need this this and this so we can get the ball rolling and that works great for me so i think it's somebody 
who communicates really well, has good reviews, um, and also um, is honest. Is is honest and within your price range that you can afford. Not not the cheapest, but somebody that you can that when they give you a price, you can pay it. And at the end of the day, everyone feels like they are working together and and they're getting what they paid for, you know. So I think that that's what helps because, yeah. Yeah, in my opinion, at our level, since we're still such a small band, it doesn't make sense for us to go to the the PR people that are thousands and thousands of dollars because um, not only one can, don't put yourself in a bad position because you're like, I'm gonna put all my eggs in this basket and this is what's gonna make us um, because that's unlikely to happen. Um, so you really have to do something that is um, realistic and within your budget, but also with somebody who actually cares about you and your music and the music scene in general. Like, and I do feel like, especially in the online world that is difficult to find. So my suggestion is just be careful about who you work with. Do your research about like where, who they are as a person, their, um, their credentials and what other bands have they worked with? Cause a lot of people will cold reach out to you and say, hey, like I have this awesome deal. And then they'll list a whole bunch of bands that you've never heard of and a whole bunch of publications you've never heard of. And then they want two grand, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or 50 bucks. What's that? Or 50 bucks. Yeah, yeah, no, 50, just, just 50, 50 bucks, 50 man. Bucks. Yeah, 50 bucks. The, I think the thing <laughs> that got me was, um, yeah, it's just, I just approach everything with anybody we've ever worked with, like they're full of shit until something happens. <laughs> I just, they'll always be like, yeah, it's this much. And if I can afford it and it's not a huge loss and I'm willing to gamble that and see if it's a loss, then you go for it. And sometimes it pays and sometimes it doesn't, but I just always consider it's like, yeah, you're full of shit until something actually happens. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, okay. So now other than the PR aspect of things, unless guy had more on the PR. Cool. Uh, so other than the PR, did you guys do any ads or anything like that to do the video? Yes. Yes. Um, so I did Facebook and Instagram ads. Um, I didn't, I'm not familiar with YouTube ads, so I didn't really go that route. Um, but for our videos, we definitely do Facebook and Instagram. And we try and do a budget that's like, like I said, once again, realistic. And mm -hmm. we do small campaigns at a time. So I'll go, okay, for three days, we're going to do $25 and see what kind of reach we get. And if we get, um, if we get a good response and a good reach, then I'll put more money into that. If we don't, then I just will go, oh, well, I guess that's a lot. <laughs> so how did you, how did it really go for you doing those Facebook and Instagram ads? Because a lot of people, a lot of bands that we we work with have said that they haven't been doing that great with them lately after the algorithm changes so just curious how it worked with you no it is the exact same for us after the algorithm changed it's not only do you not reach as many people but you don't reach people that would care like you reach people um that mostly are just like trolls that just come and leave like hate comments oh. on your video and stuff and you're like okay whatever thanks i'm glad i paid for that facebook <laughs> yeah yeah, I mean, one, one, and the other thing that some people say to do is that stupid thing about only target people in Mexico and India just to get the views up. Anyways, um, I've never heard of that actually. 
a common thing nowadays. But uh, Guy, did you have any follow up on that before we move on? Uh, no, I have more questions for like after. Um, cool. Yeah, I, I like you guys like release like the videos. Is there like any plan for other videos or like are you like getting into the next album? Let me take this one. Mm -hmm. So we are working on one last video that we wanted to do and it was actually for the single off of um xix that we released prior to xix coming out for tomb of sleep so we wanted to do one last video for it and then we've already started writing a new album um we have some great new members that are playing with us and um we're about three or four songs in already so the focus is is just to kind of give tomb of sleep um, one more push for XIX, perform, you know, do more social media stuff with it, live stuff, and then start recording a new album to release it. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. So um, I want to move on. I want to move on to, to a different subject if uh, Guy is okay with that. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, so, well, this is kind of like a broad question, but not really. Um, so, John wanted me to ask you guys about what it was like being a uh, symphonic death metal band um, in conservative Utah. So I'm going to ask that question first. Okay, well, <laughs> well, we categorize ourselves as gothic metal, mostly because the content of our music is gothic in nature, not gothic as an 80s trad goth, you know. Um, and it's mostly because we do have some symphonic aspects and we do have some death metal aspects, but we're still pretty like, we're heavy, but quite not that heavy. Um, but what it's like to be a heavy band in conservative Utah means that you have a very tight, small community and everybody knows everybody kind of type of thing. And it's, um, <laughs> you get put on some really weird shows, <laughs> sure. like, especially, um, with me being a female, a lot of the times in our career history, they've been like, oh, well, you got a chick in the band and they've got a chick in the band and it'll be like, chicks night. it'll be completely two different genres, like, a, a that you just never put together. And so... But as far as like, I would say we've been received into the scene really 50-50. It's either like really great or really terrible. <laughs> My favorite part of it is, is like, uh, yeah, we, we had this problem for a long time um, that we'd get booked at like goth bars here. And we're too metal for the goth kids, but we're too goth for the metal kids. So we landed in this weird spot where they're just like, the fuck are those guys? You know, so <laughs> it was it was fun. And then like we always loved playing with like the black metal bands just because aesthetically they were just they fit the same kind of vibe that we were doing, you know. Yeah. So you'd have this crazy black metal band that's just tearing it up, and then you know, we come up and we're like, all right. Well, time to time to make it pretty. Time to make it pretty. <laughs> My favorite is is like uh, you know, I I have a day job too. And uh I'll, so I work construction and the thing that makes me laugh is my my coworkers will be like, Hey, 
I saw this music video of you. And I'll be like, oh, don't watch that one. <laughs> and they'll come up and tell me and they'll just be like, yeah, you know, it's cool. I like, you know, I listen to Tool. And we're like, <laughs> get on you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we have to keep it on the on the DL sometimes because, you know, he uh, he's got to look LDS by day and then has to be a metalhead by night because he paints yeah. temples and stuff. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh. And all really? those people will see it. Yeah. Yeah. So oh. I'll, I'll, I'll go and paint temples and then they'll be like, so I heard you're in a band, and I'm like, I am in a band. Nice. Actually. You wouldn't nice. be interested. Trust me. <laughs> um, just as just an aside, just for one second. Um, I know Gaia probably wants to say something about the female thing. She's also in a in a band who has had that happen to them. Uh, do you have questions about that guy or make a statement? Yeah, well, I'm I'm curious to see um, your opinion about the female fronted tag on uh, Instagram, mm. Twitter, or everything. What do you think about it? <laughs> so here's my thing is I, I love women in metal. I think we should, we have just, just as much of a place as any fucking dude, you know? Um, I, I feel half and half about the female fronted genre thing because obviously I want to support like my fellow women, but <laughs> I am also like, we're not, we're not um, a novelty like we're musicians like so they don't get up there and be like look at this dude fronted metal band like <laughs> you know what I mean so I'm like I don't understand the point of female fronted genre other than to make it, it it's basically saying like well you're not a real musician or you're good for a girl or and I hate that I hate that so much like so I actually don't use those hashtags like when I post photos um I've even stopped using hashtags that's like goth girl or metal chick or whatever because like it sucks because I want to be taken seriously and I feel like the moment I put those those kinds of hashtags is the moment like I mean it gets me more more likes on my photo but then they don't care about my music like so yeah I hate it <laughs> yeah no I agree 100% especially with like with the booking on shows with other girls like that has happened to me like a lot of time and like the shows are very cool and like it's nice to see other women male but I'm just like we don't fit <laughs> it doesn't exactly. fit exactly like, like it's, it's not, not the same yeah it's not the same at all like I wish I could say that like um that people are multifaceted or diverse enough where you could put on a show where there's like you know pop punk and then metal and then black metal and then rock but like people just like they don't like that they want to go to a show where it's like kind of you know a cohesive genre and beyond that they're not interested in listening to you if you're not what they want to see ultimately so yeah and I I don't know if I'm like it's me projecting a little bit but I feel like a lot of time when I play those shows I I do feel like the public is like judging the girls. They're just like, oh, this singer was better than this singer. And I, I hear it sometimes. They're just like, shut the fuck up. Like it has nothing to do with like we're all different bands and there's there's no competition. But I do feel like because we get like put in those nights where it's just like girls' night and stuff, that it end up like having that competition that should not be there at all. Oh, 100 percent Like when our uh our friend Sam joined our band um 
yeah, it's like automatically people start commenting, oh my God, you have a female bass player. And I'm like, and? (laughs) (laughs) Cool, bro. Like, yeah, she's our new bass player. She's rad, right? Like, (laughs) my favorite was is people thought it would throw off the dynamic of the band being like, so you have another girl in there, huh? Well, what you want to comment on, just because I know I said the Gaia before, so I'll just say it again. One thing I think it is useful for is when you're trying to categorize, like for a type of singer for a style. I don't think it's useful to do the female fronted Gaia. Quit making that reaction. I don't agree. I don't agree because I I don't sound like another person. No, no, but some people like a female or male voice over. I think, but no, 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 I don't. I don't agree because you have a okay you have like people like me that do uh, classical slash like pop vocals and you have people that have like amazing rush like roll vocals and they're not the same and how are we putting us in the same things like we're we're, we're not the it same be useful uh, what are your guys' opinion not, on not. Now, now that my co-worker wants to quit on <laughs> no I totally actually totally agree with her like it's about if you're talking about style of vocal, then you're talking about, oh, do you want fry scream? Do you want guttural screams? Do you want pop vocals? Do you want opera? Like, and those can all be done by any gender. Um, So it, it kind of just is what fits your vibe and not, not gendered, you know? I guess. I can look at it. (laughs) So um, before, before we move on from this question, does anybody want to Anything else? Not now that I've stuck my foot in my mouth, apparently. Female front is not a genre. It's not a genre. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's, I think it's just. Do you have any comments think, on this? I think it's just marketing. I think I think they go, well, dudes are really going to like it if we put female fronted. Yeah, but it's bad marketing. It's bad marketing because it hypersexualizes female musicians, which is dangerous. So, like, it's yeah. not it's not applicable to their talent or well, their music. Well, I, I agree with you. I'm just stating I think why like cuz obviously I, I work with a bunch of people that are like I like metal. I like that uh Lacuna Coil band, you know, and it's like yeah, that's and what you're I mean. like yeah, and they're and you're just like okay, yes, I understand Christina Christina Scabby is very attractive. Do you know anyone else in the band? And they're just like no. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No point. <laughs> no point to know those dudes like you know so like i i understand that it, i think it's only used as a marketing tool to be to get dudes to watch a band well and actually with yeah. marketing like um having to do with like the pr stuff like i said i don't hashtag our photos like female fronted or anything like that yeah. and i also even i'm usually in front because i'm the shortest <laughs> um but i try not to actually do the what I call the evanescence effect um from her first album where the label was like only Amy Lee in front and the band members will be blurred out in the back here like I oh. love Amy Lee I love evanescence but I think the marketing the PR people did the the rest of the band dirty that way mm-hmm. um so I don't think it's her fault at all I definitely know it's like the label but it's <sighs> so for our band I tried to present this as like a whole like yeah, we yeah. are arsenic addiction. We're not lady arsenic and friends, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I get it. That's funny. You're bringing up Guy's favorite band again. Um, yeah. So <laughs> Guy, where do we want, where do we want to go, go on, on this topic or do we want to switch it? We got about 
uh, nine minutes. I have I have another comment that has like something to do with it, and like I just want to share this this thing. But um, a few months ago, I posted about like the female fronted tags on uh, on Twitter, and I think that was like my post. I got the most uh, response. I was like, okay, this is a very sensitive topic. <laughs> but um, one dude said that um, it was. Um, it was um, like a sexy tag. And I was just like, this is kind of funny because you just assume that we're all sexy. <laughs> I was just stupid. <laughs> yeah, so that was uh, just me sharing. So Curtis, go ahead. <laughs> I will. Um, so moving right along, did the other two have, uh, have anything more you wanted to comment on that before we ask the final questions? No, we could keep going so we can move on. <laughs> Cool. You know what? We actually did a podcast, me, Gaia, and a couple other people on this one. And we should maybe do part two, and then uh, you can join us next time. Um, yeah. So um, where do we want to go now, Gaia? Do you, do we, what's the final question we want to ask here? Well, you know my final question, but I don't think we're there. <laughs> we're not quite there yet. So let's do another one. So what are you guys' plans for the next year promo-wise? And what are you guys promoting in the next year, if you're willing to tell us? So um, we're... Like James said, we're going to record another music video at the end of this month for our single Tomb of Sleep. Um, so we're going to be trying to promote the video. So obviously this time around, we'll we'll send our, our stuff to John and he'll find a publication who will want to uh, premiere it. And then we are actually going to go back into the studio and start writing again. And instead of doing it like we did before, we're actually gonna start releasing um, songs more like singles. Mm -hmm. So kind of do that format of like the four or five songs before we actually drop like the whole album and maybe some singles in between there, just yeah. to try and have something at least monthly, if not every other month to like promote. Yeah, I think we're hoping um, by, um winter solstice to release the music video um, for okay. tomb of sleep and then to kick off the new year with a single that we just finished writing with the band to also introduce the new sound of playing with these new members and kind of what they're bringing to the table now when you say new sound are you meaning just like like a new genre or what, what no do you mean? just just more refined in the sense of like um like this song pulls a lot the one that we're going to release coming up pulls a lot from like uh classic or classic original death metal like bands like kind of like bathory and stuff on more of like the riffy sense of it uh I, i'm speaking from a guitarist standpoint so people don't hear it and be like fucking not bathory you know <laughs> but like yeah. you know um but yeah i mean guitar wise it's very much in that sense and we have another guitarist where when we recorded xix we only had myself and uh our producer playing guitar so um our new our new guitarist tyler our new tyler our, our new, new tyler, tyler. <laughs> he, he he brings uh, a lot to the table and uh a really great guitar player and our new bassist sam um really brings a whole different vibe with her bass playing so I'm excited to kind of have that because XIX was very much us kind of orchestrating it and having a few friends there helping out. So nice, very nice. Um, I think we're almost at final question. So Gaia. Yes. Okay. So this is very, 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 very important. Very. That's gonna determine like the rest of your life. <laughs> so, <laughs> what is your favorite dinosaur? 
Oh, mine definitely has to be a velociraptor. They're tiny but mighty, you know. <laughs> so basically, ostriches. <laughs> the chicken. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he likes their the, the descendants of I dinosaurs. I like the evolution. <laughs> I like the evolution of the dinosaur, which is the chicken. Huge fan. Huge fan. No, I think I think as a kid, I always liked the pterodactyl. <laughs> they're cool they're one of my favorites too <laughs> yeah i remember when they released jurassic park 3 and they had it like all through the previews i was like oh man <laughs> guy you gotta share yours now because you, you you never do i always do and it's always the same one i like the megalodon which is basically a giant shark yeah it's like it's my favorite that. i wish they were still around just because they're cool as fuck. but i would be too scared to go around them <laughs> Oh, I'm too scared to go in the ocean as is. If you told me there was a megalodon waiting for me, I'd be like, well, there goes boats for me. Never be on one of those again. <laughs> I'd have a 50-foot restraining order from every beach. I'd be like, I can't go there. There's, <laughs> There's megalodons. Megalodons, man. They're a thing. Cool. So we're going to end off now. Do you guys have any final words you want to say before we hit the end button? Uh, yeah. Uh, if anybody listening would just check us out on at dose of arsenic at youtube twitter um arsenic addiction on instagram arsenic addiction on tiktok or Bandcamp arsenic addiction um and give us your thoughts and tell us what you think and hopefully you like it <laughs> yeah and thank you for having us on and all Very the support well. everything we've gotten through uh these music videos and the album so cool awesome so with that we are done If you enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your platform of choice. You can also join the conversation by following us on any social media and suggesting guests or topics you'd like to learn more about. Thanks for listening to C-Squared.